Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord, in this place. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Do you believe God's moving? Yes, sir. God is moving? Yes, sir. In his power? In his purpose for your life, God is moving. And I'm so grateful. But Rob shared on, on Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday, that when God starts to move and we're expectant, that we also expect the enemy to try and come and bring it down, to try and weary us, to try and discourage us, to try and rock the boat. And we've heard of lots of occasions. Wednesday night was a, a difficult meeting, wasn't it? In the life meeting here. And it was very evident that the enemy is trying to disrupt, that the enemy is trying to confuse, trying to wear down, trying to stop what God is doing. But I want to tell you this. It says in 1 John 4, 4, it says, because he who is in you He that is in you, Nora, he that is in you is greater. He's greater. Thank you, Kat. Iris, he's greater. He that is within you is greater than he that is in the world. And I want to tell you this morning, why do we speak the name of Jesus? Because last Sunday was so powerful Rob said he expected something to happen this week where the enemy's not going to like what God is doing in you and in me. He doesn't want you to be declaring the name of Jesus. But he can't stop you declaring the name of Jesus. Only you can stop yourself declaring it. But why do we speak it? Because he is greater. Because I've tried in my life to live my life without Jesus. And it doesn't work. And if you listen online, if you're trying to live your life without Jesus, how is it working out for you? Because you just be existing. But I want to tell you, the power of the devil, the power of Satan, there's no power. He is no match for Jesus. He's no match. And the power that he has that he tries to bind us, because he has an ele- there is an element to the power, or else we wouldn't be kind of finding life struggle, would we, if he didn't have any power? But it's no power compared to what Jesus has. He's defeated. Light overcomes darkness. Aren't you so glad that light overcomes darkness? What a What an emptiness it would be if it wasn't the case. Can you imagine for a minute if light didn't overcome darkness, how our lives would be in ruin? It would be horrible. But what an encouragement today to know that you just have to turn the light on. And when the light comes on, darkness has to flee. Aren't you glad about that? That we sung it. Jesus cannot be stopped. Jesus cannot be stopped. But if we would just catch that, 
just be awakened within our souls to think of the name of Jesus being greater. I want to tell you, when he comes and he, he tries to disrupt and say, oh, you're going to get ill, or you're going to have this, or you're waiting for test results for that. When you know and speak the name of Jesus over your life, I want to tell you, the power of darkness has to flee. It can't stand. Because greater is he within you. He's within us. But we've got to put it into practice. Put that power into practice, Annie. By speaking it out, by keep speaking it out. That's why it's good to maybe revisit what we do on a Sunday during the week. It's all there on YouTube and on Facebook, whatever. Sometimes you think, well, I might, what did they say again? I can't remember what this. Get it on there. Keep feeding yourself with his name. See, greater is he within you than he that is in the world. That only applies to those that have accepted Jesus. Do you know that? That's what the benefit is of knowing Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus today, then you need to accept him. You need to know the love of Jesus for you. Because the first part of, of 1 John 4, you can turn there if you like quickly. 1 John 4. 4, it's one of the most famous parts of of scripture, but also it's one of the most Googled questions, you know, it's saying, who am I and what am I here for? That's one of the most typed in searches on the internet. Wanting to know who you are and why you're here. And what I love about 1 John 4, verse 4, is the very beginning of that verse, it says, you are of God. You are of God, Glenn. If you've accepted Jesus and repented of your sin and said, Lord, I give my life to you. I'm a sinner. I'm empty. I'm lost. If you've done that and said, God, I need you in my life. Save me. Then you're of God. And one of the most asked questions is people saying, who am I? Where am I from? Why am I here? Where am I going? This answers the question. You're of God. And then the latter part of that verse says, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. But it starts with saying, you're of God. You're made by him for him. Amen. You want to know how you were created? You were created by God. You were created by him for him. To reflect his glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we reflect his glory. We reflect his love. And you might say today, how can I reflect him? How can I? I don't feel like I'm reflecting him. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel in the right headspace. I don't feel like I've got energy to reflect him. But nudge the person next to you and say, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay if you haven't got the energy. Because I've got good news for you. Who are you reflecting to? See, you should be reflecting to your children. You should be reflecting to your spouse, to your husband or wife, to your parents, 
to your neighbours, to your work friends. That's who we're reflecting to. Reflecting his glory. But what if you haven't got the energy? Well, I've got good news for you. Did you see the planets this week? Did you see Jupiter and Venus this week? Down in the, where the sun was setting, did you see the two? And they were getting close, weren't they? They were kind of getting quite friendly come Wednesday. They were really, and people were ringing up and getting in touch with the Herald and all sorts of media saying they're thinking they were um, UFOs and there was all sorts going on. I'm thinking, well, just have a look on the internet. It says that they're planets. But incredible, isn't it? But they're reflecting light. But what about the moon? You say, well, what about the moon? See, the moon doesn't spend any of its own energy reflecting light back to the earth. Now, for some of you, that might be a bit kind of a, like a, a light's been switched on, but I had to grasp this myself a few years ago. What do you mean? The, the moon's not got its own light? No. But the moon doesn't spend any of its own energy reflecting that light. What does it do? It's got this fine layer of silvery dust called lunar regolith, if you're writing it down. Lunar regolith. Regolith, R-E-G-O-L-I-T-H, regolith. And it's a fine layer on the surface of the moon. It's a fine layer of silvery dust. And what that does, it's been, over years, it's been battered by meteors. It's been battered by other objects. It's taken hits. Doesn't that sound a little bit like me and you sometimes? Taking a bit of a kick in, taking, taking the enemies, try to come and wear us down. Things that we've taken, knocked us here and there. But that knocking on the moon has created this silvery dust that enables it to reflect the sunlight back onto earth. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? And the people look up at it like this week and you look at it and you go, wow, look at the moon. <laughs> and the moon's there thinking, well, I haven't done anything. It's not my own light. There's nothing I can do. But all the moon needs to do is to get in the right spot. It needs to get and position itself in the right spot. See, then that what it says to me is, you need to be in the right spot. Being in this place yeah. is in the right spot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And there's nothing in me and there's nothing in you that like the moon, it says there's nothing in me that can reflect if it's without Jesus. There's nothing in me. True. It's all about him. True. But my responsibility is to get in the right spot. And if you can get yourself in the right spot, you will reflect the light of our Saviour. Isn't that incredible? When we worship, you're in the right spot. So it's not necessarily about being in these four walls. It's about taking it outside. But when we're in the right place, we reflect Jesus. Paul says it better. Better. In 2 Corinthians 5.14, Paul says this. He says, for the love of Christ compels me. The love of Christ compels 
me. What does that mean? The word compels there is the Greek word sun echo. Two parts, sun meaning together and echo meaning hold. And when those two words are compounded, sun echo, it means you're being held together. The love of Christ holds me together. It's a bit like a tight grip. See, my wife is like that. When we go to some places, she's got a tight grip. Do you know that? Especially if you walk around some areas in Plymouth at night, she's kind of being from Totnes. She's not used to the big city, the big smoke, as it were, the big smoke. She's going to get used to the big smoke in this place with the, with the um, new smoke machine. She's going to come to the big smoke. I'm nearly finished. <laughs> but she's got a tight grip. Being held together. She, she says, don't let me go. She said, I'm thinking, I don't know what you're holding on to me for. If anything happened, I'll be holding on to you, probably. <laughs> I'll be ringing my brother saying, help me out. But she's got a tight grip, like a kung fu grip. Being held together. Remember, who remembers Sabutio? <laughs> Did anybody have Sabutio as a kid? Yeah, we had Sabutio. I used to love Sabutio. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? What is it? Google it. Sabutio. What is it? It's little football players where you used to flick them. Yeah, I used to love Sabutio. But the worst thing that could happen when me and Wayne were playing was that you'd accidentally kneel on one. <laughs> Because they were made out of quite thin plastic, weren't they? And sometimes you'd have a player who's broken. It would just break its leg and kind of be just on the floor, wouldn't it? Usually it was Wayne that did it, and then I'd have to, like, try and beat him up. Oh. Until I was about eight, and then That'd he was be beating me up. <laughs> that would be a good one, I'm kidding. But then what I had to do is I had to super glue them back together. Yeah. And tell mother, yeah. But they would break really easy. The goalpost, the corner flag, whatever it was, they would break easily. But it's this sort of sun echoes being held together like super glue. I'm trying to tell you, the players, when they were glued back together, never broke again. They were properly welded together with a lot of super glue. But I'm going to tell you, that's what this word kind of sun echo means. Being held tightly in the grip. The love of Christ grips me. It compels me. He's got you all right. But what that says to me is his love for us as well. Flip it around. The love of Christ compels me, Rob. But his love was compelled. The love of the Savior compelled him, motivated him to come and die on a cross that I should no longer be there. Where is it? You've given it to Wayne now. That he was on the cross, but he's no longer there. The love for you and for me compelled Jesus to come and die for our sin. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we are held together by his love. And I don't know about you this morning, but you may have come in feeling like you've fallen apart. You may have felt knelt on like one of those Sabutio players. You might be kind of limping with one leg. Feeling like it's crumbling. Feeling like things are slipping away. 
But I want to tell you, Jesus says that nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing can separate you from my love. The love that cost him everything. That compelled him, motivated him to come and securely bind you together with him. That now nothing can separate you from his love, Nigel. How cool is that? That we separated ourselves from him. Mankind separated ourselves from Jesus. Do you know that? You know that. But your life is being held together by Jesus because greater is he within you. Greater is he within you than any power of darkness that tries to pull you down. See, and ultimately... If I was going for a title, I've got a, a social sermon title as well today, so you'll have to see me afterwards, all right? But my title today, if you're writing and taking notes, is When Love Goes Viral. That's my title today, When Love Goes Viral. See, because without love, life is pointless. Without love, life is pretty pointless. If you want a definition of love, and we only bring it out at weddings, sadly, don't we? 1 Corinthians 13. So you can't love without being kind. You can't love without suffering long. You can't love without being patient. Not being rude, not being envious. Not seeking your own agenda. Not being arrogant. Love never fails. And love is ultimately demonstrated. And if you've got any other kind of love, I want to tell you, it's only counterfeit. It's a knockoff love. Because ultimately, and it says a few verses later in 1 John 4, it says that God is love. God is the very essence of love. See, we can't love unless God loved us first. We can't love. You can't love unless God loved you first. He initiated it. Aren't you grateful? I am. That now nothing can separate us from his love. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand to our feet, please. Try not to overrun today. Because there was no greater love. John 15 says there was no greater love, Jesus said, than to lay one's life down for someone else. No greater love than the love that Jesus showed. In that why were we, we were still sinners, it says. We were still sinners. Christ died in our place and in your place. And Jesus goes one step further because he loved us. What does he say now? Jesus, our command now is Jesus says, love one another. Love one another. That's his command to us. And love your enemies. (laughs) Love those who spitefully use you. You say all kind of things against you. Love your enemies. See, when you do that, that breaks 
any darkness over you. When you can do that, it breaks any hold over your life. But you can only do that by walking in the Spirit. That's not a natural thing to do. It's easy to love those who love you. Isn't it? It's easy to love those that speak nice and kind to you. But what about when Jesus says, love your enemies? We're talking about reflecting his goodness and his kindness and the face of Jesus. We reflect that. What about, what does that say when we actually reflect to those that don't like us? I want to tell you, it's powerful. It breaks, first of all, it will break you. It will break your kind of self-worth, your self-kind of image as such. It will totally just bring the power of Jesus over you. But I'd like us just to close our eyes, please, as we, as we finish. I want to give you an invitation first for those that have never accepted Jesus. For you today to know that this greater love, this greater love that broke the chains of darkness, this greater power for you today, that you accept Jesus to say, yeah, I've got it wrong in my life. I've messed up. I'm a sinner. I want to give you opportunity to do that if you're listening or here today to accept Jesus in your life, to come and fill that void. That he loves you. He's, he's accepted you. He's loved you. He loved you first. And then there are those here, I believe, that have left their first love. Jesus said in Revelation, he said that there was a loveless church. That those who left their first love, I want to encourage you today. If you've left your first love, is to pick it back up again. I don't want to be a loveless church. I want to be a church that that promotes love. That even loves their enemies. That loves those who speak against us. But for you today, if if you've left your first love, I want to encourage you. In this place, you're in the right spot. Like the moon, you just got to get into position. And for you today to say, God, here I am. I've not been reflecting you as I should be. I've not been the best person I can be. Help me. I want to get myself into the right place where I can reflect your love, your kindness, your mercy, your grace. To reflect your glory in these end days. If that's you right now with all eyes closed, this is between you and God. Just to say, Jesus, here I am. Return to your first love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your love flood this nation. Let your love flood this city. Start with us, Lord. Start within us. That we, your people, reflect the glory of God. The greater is he within you than he that is in the world. Jesus' name is greater. 
more powerful, stronger than anything in your life at the moment. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning for those that have connected with you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for those that are saying they will return to you, that they will pick up their responsibility, that they will get themselves into the right spot. Lord, for those that may have felt broken by life, that, Lord, let them know today that, that it's the love of Christ. Your love compels us, holds us together, knitted together, because you love us so much. No greater love than you have for us, Jesus. And we're thankful today, Lord, that what the enemy intends for evil, Lord, you turn it around for good, that he can only come so far and you say no further. No further. Lord, I pray and declare for some people, Lord, in this building, Lord, that enough is enough. That the power of the enemy has tried for so long to hold people back and to bring them down. But Lord, I declare today in faith that greater is he within you. Greater is Jesus within you than any power of darkness that comes against you. That tries to bind you. That enough is enough. For those listening online, I declare that that enough is enough. The Lord, we lift up Sarah Everington to you today, Lord. And we declare your power, Jesus, that greater are you within her than he that is in the world. And for Chris, Lord, we declare the name of Jesus over that family. That the power of Jesus be upon them right now. And Lord, we pray for Brody, Lord, that keeps having these problems with his eyes, Lord, that Jesus, we just speak your name over him today. And for Sue, his mum, Lord, that you restore them. Lord, let him know that you're for him and not against him. That we speak life over him, sight and vision over him, Lord. That the name of Jesus is greater. And for those awaiting test results and being referred back to the hospital, Lord, again, we stand as a family. And we speak the name of Jesus over you. We speak the name of Jesus over you. Let chains of sickness be broken in Jesus' name. And Lord, we're thankful for those today that are here standing. That the enemy probably should have wiped us out, some of us. But he couldn't. We're thankful for John, Lord. John Lance and John McGowan. That what you've done in their lives. That you've been faithful. They're a walking testimony of your grace and your goodness. And we speak that over Margaret. And we speak that over my mum today, Lord. That your goodness be over them. 
And if that's you in this place right now, I just want you to lift your hands. If you need Jesus to touch you this morning, then right now in the Spirit of God, that the Holy Spirit come and fill you again. Thank you. With hands raised. Lord, I pray for a fresh outpouring of your Spirit. Your Holy Spirit, right now, even as we come into an end, Lord, you never end. You're always ongoing. You're always working. And so I pray right now, Lord, for a touch over her body, Lord. For those with their hands raised in this place, Lord, come and touch their body. Come and touch their mind. Come and fill them with your greater power, your greater love for that which they need. For you are for them and not against them. We declare the name of Jesus over you right now in this place. That there be a turning around of that which the enemy is intending to do. Let there be no harm. In Jesus' name. Receive that right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you say amen to that this morning? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord.